Hello and welcome to this IBR Extra, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry is the oldest and largest business network in Iowa. Their 1,500 members represent 330,000 employees in our state. Each quarter, Iowa ABI surveys its members to get their outlook regarding the business climate in Iowa. Mike Ralston, president of the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, shared the results of the survey as well as thoughts on government-imposed vaccine mandates during the 90th edition of our program, which aired during the third weekend of September 2021. Each quarter, your organization surveys its members in three key components to determine what they expect in the next quarter. What did you find as folks are looking ahead to the fourth quarter of this calendar year? First, Jeff, thanks for having us on to talk about this. And you and I have talked about this survey over many quarters now. One thing that is consistent is Iowa manufacturers and business people are incredibly optimistic. And they were again this time. Of those who responded, 70% of them expect to see sales expand in the next quarter. That's good news for them, and it's really good news for Iowa, too. That is a very strong number, 70% increased sales. Now, it's less than what you had the prior quarter, but in the prior quarter, you had everybody coming out from their caves due to COVID, and so it's not a surprise that as we get back to whatever normal is, sales would be not as high in terms of an increase from the prior quarter, but still 70% think that sales are going to be up. Right. Still very high. And you're right that it is uh, less than last quarter. However, Iowa manufacturing tends to be cyclical. It tends to be seasonal. And so when we enter uh, the cold uh, months of winter, typically there are many Iowa firms that uh, that is their slow time. So still 70% is a pretty robust number. And we're really grateful for that. And it was also interesting, something else you and I have talked about every time we do one of these surveys is a majority of those who responded, 56%, expect to hire uh, in the coming quarter. The issue, and again, as you and I have discussed so often, is I'll be eager to see where they get those folks they intend to hire because workforce continues to be a challenge. Iowa's manufacturers remained very vibrant during covid partly because of the type of work that they did was deemed essential, but they also pivoted so that they could keep people on the payroll and maybe they were making plastic shields or hand sanitizer or whatever. But as things really opened up after the vaccinations became available, huge, huge number of people said they wanted to expand in the prior quarter. Still a majority now looking forward, not as many. Is that a factor, do you think, Mike, that they found the people they were looking for to get ramped back up, or is this just realism setting in saying, well, I'd love to hire people, I just don't know where I'm going to find them? Well, as you would expect me to say, perhaps, Jeff, I think it's a little bit of both. They did find people. They were able, you mentioned uh, some folks retooled to make uh, new products. I think that's one of the unsung stories of this pandemic, that the manufacturers were able to retool to make different products. They were also able to find some efficiencies, and so They found employees, but they were able to work with what they had to do things differently. Secondly, they have been able to do some things to find some new folks. There is some census data that shows there's a minor in-migration to Iowa. Some folks in other parts of the country have wanted to get away from there. We've been able to capture some of those workers. So whether it's permanent, way too soon to tell. But there's some good news on that horizon, too. 
our businesses in this state have been expanding consistently. We have a strong economy. We have restructured the tax code. All of these things that were deemed necessary. Now there's a greater focus on family needs, child care, etc., because that does have a role to play with business. And so there are probably many of your colleagues across the country in other states who would say, wow, 56% are going to increase the number of employees. They'd be throwing a party. And we're here saying, well, it's kind of off from the past. It's still 56% are going to increase payroll. Well, it is. And that, and that is really a terrific thing. We are excited about that number. But one of the reasons we take it in stride here is because it's been the norm for so long. Everybody's been hiring. Everybody's been hiring forever. And so we take it as a matter of course. It won't always be that way, we hope. But for now, it certainly continues to be a really good thing. It's sort of like Tom Brady won another Super Bowl. Well, that's <laughs> that's interesting. Right. I wonder if one of the reasons why there is hesitancy with regard to hiring more workers, and again, a majority of your members say they're going to hire, but it's not as high as in the past. Is it because of the fact that they just know Well, I can hire all the people I want, but I may not be able to get raw materials. The cost, thanks to the producer price index going up at, what, 8% most recently, they just know that the supply chain is still an issue, and so they're kind of keeping their powder dry a little bit? Well, I think you're exactly right. You touched on two issues that we never used to hear about, but we do now. Increase in costs, inflation, and supply chain. Those things certainly impact a manufacturer's ability to to make their product. I, I know of several manufacturers that would go to either a multiple shifts or a 24-hour uh, workplace if they felt like they could get the materials they needed to make their products. Uh, they can't, or if they can, uh, it's too expensive, or the quality's not there. And so all those things, those supply chain issues really play a part. It's one of those things that's holding us back a little bit, and uh, we're hopeful for some positive change there soon. I keep going back to this every time we talk about it, and I, I think it has merit. It's one thing to say you're going to hire people, because you can also lay those people off if you need. But when you invest money in new equipment, new buildings, capital expenditures, that is a commitment to stay. That is a commitment to grow. And you have an even higher number of your members say, we're going to invest in this next quarter in capital expenditures. That's got to have a ripple effect in so many aspects of our economy. Well, you're you're exactly right. You and I, again, have talked about that number many times. And I continue to be amazed that in the face of a global pandemic, with all the pressures that are facing Iowa manufacturers right now, over three-fourths of them plan to make a capital expenditure. And as you talk about, that's maybe it's a plan expansion. Maybe it's a multi-million dollar piece of equipment, but it's a major commitment and one a business person would not make unless they were pretty certain about their economic viability and about their opportunity to grow. And so it's really terrific for those businesses. As I always say, though, it's really terrific for Iowa to see that kind of commitment and that kind of activity out of Iowa manufacturers. My guess is your phone started ringing and your email box became full when this pandemic hit. Businesses asking questions about what's appropriate, what are the standards, what is it that the federal government is advising us to do, how can you help us as we try to stay afloat. Very different time for everyone involved, and I'm sure the phones were ringing and the email box was full last week when the president said, we want 
to mandate that businesses with 100 or more employees require their workers to get a shot or else be subjected to testing. That requires you as an organization to come up with some standards, some suggestions, and some policies. What was the reaction from Iowa ABI to this latest suggestion of an OSHA rule from Washington? Well, it's like you were in the car with me. Last Thursday afternoon, I was returning from a meeting in Maquoketa, Iowa, returning to Des Moines. And uh, we had had a meeting there of some ABI board members toured a manufacturing plant, Jackson Manufacturing in Maquoketa. As I'm coming back, I'm listening to the radio and the president is speaking. And no more than 10 seconds after he said those words that you just alluded to, my cell phone rang. And it kept ringing all the way back to Des Moines, people talking about his remarks. Pretty simple at ABI. Number one, we have uh, long urged people to get uh, vaccinated. I'm proud to say that 100% of the staff at ABI itself is vaccinated. We have member companies who have mandated vaccinations for their employees, a whole bunch of things. But again, it's pretty simple. For decades, we've had a policy that says we don't like mandates. And we think it's totally consistent to say, I'm going to institute a mandate myself, but the government shouldn't mandate it for us. And so we issued a statement last Friday, and we shared it with the congressional delegation with Iowa officials that talked about what manufacturers have done to fight this uh, pandemic. And I'm biased, but I'm real proud of what Iowa manufacturers have done. But gosh, don't uh, don't force yet another government mandate on us. If I own a business in Waterloo, I know how to run that business better than somebody in Washington, D.C. And so that's kind of our point that uh, don't force it on us, but everybody should get vaccinated. And as you note, it's not inconsistent to say, I'm running a business, I'm going to allow my workers to get vaccinated with a strong suggestion, even a mandate allowing for religious exemptions, medical exemptions, right. etc. Yes. But it's very different for Mike Ralston's company to do that, as opposed to the government saying you have to do it, because that just creates more precedent for regulation that hamstrings the businesses, especially in my view in the Midwest, because the people making the rules are from the coast and they don't really understand what it takes to run a business, maybe anywhere, but certainly in the Midwest. I think you're exactly right. And I'll use a specific example. I'll never forget when the uh, tornado hit Parkersburg uh, some years ago, people in the Midwest compared it to what happened in other parts of the country when hurricanes hit. And FEMA came in and said to the folks in Parkersburg, you have to do X, Y, and Z. It's a federal mandate. And the folks in Parkersburg said, well, we're ready to rebuild. We, uh, you know, we, we want to get going. And, and there was a lot of talk about waiting periods and things like this, because that was what happened in other parts of the country. So the point is, one size does not fit all. Some government mandate, and you're right, in Washington, uh, probably doesn't play. It probably doesn't work in the Midwest. And, and we certainly think this mandate doesn't work either. Mike Ralston, president of the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. We connected via Zoom on Tuesday, September 14. You can learn more by going online to iowaabi.org. The Iowa Business Report, radio program and podcast, is presented by Advance Iowa, the state of Iowa's comprehensive consulting program designed to work with mid-sized companies to enhance their growth online at AdvanceIowa.com. The Iowa Business Report airs weekly on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with the podcast posted right here every week, along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. 
I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.